Good morning, I'm Carolina, and you're listening to Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program on community radio, 2XX FM 98.3. Today, we're speaking with Brett Cotter from Big Bike Film Night, which is a film festival based all around um, amateur and professional-made films that tell a narrative about bikes and bike riding. So could you start off by telling me your name and your um, your position within the film night? G'day, my name's Brett Cotter. I'm the curator, which is a fancy term for organiser of the Big Bike Film Night. You can call me the curator, the spokesperson or the uh, the film peddler. And how did you get involved with, with the film night? So four years ago in my hometown of Taupo in uh, New Zealand, we had a, uh, a giant bike. It was three metres uh, tall. Like, uh, like Australians, we've got this infatuation with uh, big things. So you've got your big pineapples, we've got our big trouts, and in my hometown we had a giant bike. And um, it was uh, sadly, um, some people didn't like it and uh, decided to uh, vandalise it. And uh, they munted the wheels pretty badly, and uh, the local population of uh, cyclists was pr- pretty, pretty disappointed. And so we had to start afresh from getting it re, getting it back together, and um, getting it back up up, up on uh, the hill as well. And uh, so I decided that I wanted to play my part, and uh, hence the the big bike film night was born. It was a crusade, as you could say. And it's been going for four years. How has it changed over the over the course of that period of time? Um, if anything, the structure has always stayed the same. I've got a, a belief there's a, a four pillars philosophy behind the event, and that the films that are chosen, which are from some of the best, we get films submitted from all around the world. And uh, the criteria with us, when I sit down with the panel of judges is to say, hey, look, the films have to be original. They have to be entertaining. They have to have an educational aspect. But above all, they have to inspire us to get out and write. So there's nothing that's changed. The only thing that's really changed is the, the amount of uh, places that we've visited over those four years. So like the first year, three locations. Last year was 16. And uh, this year, uh, 36 plus now we're touring to the West Island as well. Oh wow and the West Island is that Australia? How did you guess? <laughs> uh, I I think it's really interesting because you say that New Zealand is the centre and then Australia just kind of <laughs> off to the side when in reality Australians think of New Zealand in a very different light. Yeah I know it's just sort of like North Island, South Island oh we can't go east let's go to the west. Um, and I saw on your website as well you were celebrating the 200th anniversary of the Vandras Hobby Horse? Yeah, so it's it's amazing to think that 200 years ago, the first bicycle was ever invented. And it's sort of, uh, when you look at sort of the evolution of cycling over 200 years and what's actually happened with where people are riding, what they're riding, when they're riding, it's it's pretty incredible to sort of to see where that's gone and where, and where it can actually go to the future as well. And um, I see that you've got you on your website as well. You had two parts to the festival, to the to the film night. So you have the bike night, and you also have City Chic, which is featured more about women in cycling. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, certainly. So the Cycle Chic film tour uh, was first. It's it's its first time as this year. And when I started the Big Bike Film Night three years ago, I, I always wanted to have a, a partner ride alongside uh, the Big Bike Film Night. And it's literally taken three years to find the material to go into this collection and the, the the reason it's taken so long is a there's not much material sadly that focuses on female cyclists but also they had to have the right persona uh, and, and I was looking for films that 
we're inspiring, encouraging, and celebrating women that uh, love to, to to bike. And um, sort of like the first year, I put one film aside. That's good. That's in there. And so literally, it's taken that long to, to find them. But uh, as they say, all good things take time. How do you find the films for for the festival? Through a, a variety of different channels. Um, I have a, a portal where people can actually submit films directly to me. And you'd be surprised uh, how many people actually do that because that there's filmmakers out there in the world and they'll submit them to film festivals such as the Bant Film Festival, which is arguably the news the world's uh, largest outdoor adventure film festival. And then there'll be other sort of film festivals based in Europe or North America. And uh, and they Google sort of Australia and Australasia and uh, my one comes up and it's, um, it's the go-to sort of one. Um, I also sort of look at other festivals and see what's been played. And um, I've got a good bunch of friends out there who love watching videos on YouTube and things like that. That as well so sometimes that sort of comes to the fore as well so it's a bit of a mix of people submitting their work and also you seeking out people and going i loved your film and in this or in this youtube video very much can i yep very much so have you ever had a video submitted where you, it was just completely inappropriate yeah <laughs> there's the, last year sort of I, I there was this uh portal where you could actually um seek submissions and we had over 100 films that were submitted i think i rejected about 95 of those they were just they weren't telling, they weren't the kind of material that I was looking for. A, they weren't fictional, they were sort of more non-fictional and things like this, and they didn't have a story. And that's so pivotal. That's what, we, it's what we're looking for. We're, we're looking for, it's really important for me to be genuine, to be, to be honest, and to have stories that really people can relate to. And so, yeah. They was they was put to the side. So does it have to be like completely fictional, or can it be like autobiographical? It can be autobiographical uh, as well as fictional, but um, mainly it's fictional that we look for. We do find some films have a well. There's one film that I know put into the collection this year, which is totally ludicrous, but it's it's brilliant, and that's and that's goes into that entertaining sort of spectrum that we look for. Speaking of um, some of the, the films you already have in the film night, what was what are some of the highlights, like your personal favourites? Oh, look, um, one of them is actually called uh, Matthias Dandois at Home, and um, he's a BMX freestyler. And if you look, if you think of BMX, it's it's quite sort of a left field type of sport. BMX freestyle is like watching someone tango with a bike and was it's incredible it really is to to, makes you speechless and i showed this to my nine-year-old daughter and uh, she said dad that's impossible and that just resonated with me because so many people are just gasping when they see what he does and it's just mesmerizing that sounds fantastic and um back to your website as well because i had a pretty good look at it yes um i understand you're showing a longer form documentary as well that's uh, right called muscles and Muscle and dreams, muscles and dreams. Muscle and dreams, and that to me is my my favourite. It's it's a classic New Zealand story of overcoming adversity, and and it's it's all about blood, sweat, and tears, and just commitment to doing something, even if it takes seven years, six, seven years of people's lives. And I've ridden part of the trail, and to sort of it's it's all about the construction of the old ghost road, the west coast of 
North of the South Island. And what it's done is actually sort of back in the 1860s, 1870s, uh, New Zealand had its gold rush like you guys here with Bendigo and uh, Ballarat. And um, so there was this this boom on the west coast and uh, we had two gold mining towns that were separated by a range and uh, the uh, pioneers in those days sort of said well let's uh, link them up and so they started uh, from each end and uh, slowly the or quickly actually the gold ran out and quickly the money to fund it ran out so it got abandoned and uh, 10 years ago the the map resurfaced of uh, this old dray trails and uh, people went out and had a look to to see where it finished and and what they could do and left them sort of the the basis for connecting up and and, and doing this old ghost road and what it, what you find is that um, there's been sort of two elements that are pivotal to this. You've got your volunteers who have been there, out there working. It's almost like uh, classic Disneyland sort of going out there with your pick and uh, knocking rocks off because the, ro- the, the the land is just so precious out there. And uh, And then you've also had sort of the involvement of the New Zealand Cycle Trail Trust, which now we have 22 fantastic uh, assets around New Zealand of these wonderful cycle trails, which are, are just fantastic. So I've never heard of the New Zealand Cycle Trail Trust. So it's just people, is it like government-led or volunteer? Yeah, it's a government, government initiative that uh, came out of uh, the 2009. After the the financial cri- uh, the global financial crisis, uh, New Zealand um, government of the day sort of said, look, what initiatives can we can can we put together that uh, will actually rejuvenate the uh, the local economies and also more importantly sort of some of the the heartland of New Zealand sort of those small economies and what was actually noted first of all was actually to have a, a cycle trail go the length of New Zealand but then it actually got looked at more detail and they said well let's actually look at 22 let's look at different trails and so 22 trails were actually um, established and uh, the New Zealand government actually put up 50 million dollars and uh, Local governments as well put up a significant amount, and now we've got these jewels. I don't know much about bike culture personally. I don't actually know how to cycle. That's a terrible confession to make. But how important do you think bike culture is in in New Zealand and in Australia? Oh, it's really interesting because I've grown up with cycling, and uh, there's always been, well, there's actually two things in my life that's a constant, a bike and a twin brother. And so we've, we've seen We've had our choppers, we've done our rally 10 speeds, we've done milk runs and paper runs with our bikes and then sort of commuting and then sort of into the mountain biking side and then sort of bike touring. So New Zealand is really, I think sort of like Australia, we, we had a, a massive boom within the car culture and uh, so it's actually dominated the uh, our, our landscape. And so there's actually a, a real push by New Zealand local governments to get more bike friendly uh, areas and uh, that means that it gets people off the road, which means that there's uh, less congestion. And when I was in Melbourne a couple of months ago, I just couldn't believe the amount of people cycling around. And I know Canberra's got the reputation of being the cycling capital of Australia as well. And yeah, I think you guys are sort of leading us quite comfortably in that side of things. So yeah, well done. Thank you. I mean, I can't take any credit for it, but I will anyway. <laughs> Paris the other day actually had a like a, a full day where there were no cars allowed in the center of the city and everyone had to walk or cycle or skateboard or whatever. Is that something that you'd like to see in, in Australia or New Zealand? Well, we both have those sort of, well, ultimately, yes, I'd love to see that. And But it is about the culture of education and, uh, and the benefits. I know uh, next week Australia's got its uh, Ride to Work Day, uh, New Zealand. 
Zealand we had ours in the summertime and yeah it, it's just to me sort of the best way to sort of share uh, share a passion and uh, when you get your families involved and what you're actually finding is that there's a lot of uh, resources actually into teaching children and younger people to um, ride their bikes and what that's doing is actually getting parents riding with their bike with their bikes as well so it's actually becoming more family orientated and what do you think like is the biggest hurdle for more people to actually cycle to work or to see their bike as their their first mode of transportation in New Zealand and probably the same here as in Australia I'd say safety and in, in creating safe corridors that uh, allow people to to move as well as pedestrians uh, in areas that are sort of don't have aren't inhibited by traffic yeah I think the ACT a little while ago um, instigated a new they're trying out a new law where any car when they come up to a bike has to give a gap of a meter and a half mm. do you think that kind of policy works or is it do you think it's impractical it is one of those elements that sometimes you as a car driver you have to look in terms of what part of the road you're on and um, sometimes these roads are, are, are narrow and especially in New Zealand and windy and uh, so sort of it's ultimately sort of comes down to driver awareness and, and driver safety as well as sort of um, cyclist safety as well. So I'd, I'd love to have a metre and a half because to me that really gives us a definition of that is a safe zone. Uh, but yeah, sort of, it's something to move forward to, and uh, hopefully, it's it's a good ambition. What do you think are the the environmental benefits of of cycling more? Oh, look, it's uh, to me, there's so many. It's it's getting outdoors. It's that exercise, which sort of it's not really exercise, but you're in, it is exercise. Uh, riding to work can be pretty easy. It's one of those things that when you're on your bike, you're concentrating on riding a bike. You're not thinking about other things, and so it gives you that freedom, and it gives and I describe it as a freedom machine. And I think that's sort of one of the, the best benefits is that you, you get that sort of real surge of uh, excitement and surge of um, enjoyment at the same time. Yeah, I, um, I saw a survey in regards to Ride to Work Week next week um, where they did a survey in Melbourne where they um, asked, uh, and they surveyed 4,500 people about their emotions catching different forms of transport. And people were happiest when they were when they were cycling and they had the because I feel like you have a degree more freedom. Yeah. Because if you're catching public transportation like I do, you have to rely on when the bus is going to be or when the train or, or light rail or whatever. And in your car, if it's like congested and you're, and you're stuck in one place, but in a bike, you can kind of you don't have to worry about parking as much. You don't have to worry about is this is it going to fit into this mm. space because it's it's small. I remember someone saying they this this smile on their bikes, and you get all these people in cars looking at them, going, "Why is he smiling?" Yeah, you look at how many people are in a car snarled up with traffic; they're not smiling. You've got that freedom, so yeah, sort of, it does make a big difference being able to get out there and sort of enjoy it. If I could um, just ask you a couple more more questions specifically about the film night. Mm. I was having a little bit more of a look at the uh, City Chic uh, section because um, I'm quite motivated, I'm quite interested in cycling as a method of freedom for women. It's often credited as one of the big movements that allowed women to be more active and more independent in the 1800s. Mm. How do, you, do you think that's something that's still, that's still happening? I do, um, but I think it's one of those things that you need every bit of encouragement to, to get people out there and ride and whether it's a, 
a male or a female, I think sort of the more we can do to in terms of educating people how to fix their bikes, how to ride their bikes, and where to ride them so that uh, they can enjoy them is, is important. The things that uh, is actually probably sparking a new revolution in, in New Zealand, I don't know about here, but e-bikes. And uh, e-bikes have so much benefits because what you're actually seeing is people that traditionally used to have a couple who would go out riding and the husband would be three miles up the, the road and his, his wife would be slogging him slogging it out at the back and sort of and then turning up all sort of hot and flustered and bothered and sort of and, and really sort of over over it and e-bikes is the equalizer sort of it now gives people the ability to actually keep up with uh, those other people so that they can actually enjoy it sorry what exactly is an e-bike electric oh okay i thought you meant like e because my brain went e is in environmentally friendly ah. i'm like but it's, it's a bike it's already yeah. environmentally friendly and I understand that there are places as well where you can do bike shares. So you may not necessarily have the place at your house to store a bike, but you might want to use it occasionally. Very much so, yeah. And I think um, when I look at sort of the major cities around the world, sort of they've got uh, these city bikes share programs, and uh, New Zealand is actually looking at doing two of them, one in Auckland and one in Wellington. And uh, London has the Boris bikes, uh, Paris, Melbourne's got its uh, bikes, uh, commuters as well. So to me, they're brilliant. Uh, they actually offer a quick option of transport which sort of um, beats hands down sort of waiting on a bus or, or you know when you want to get off or where to go and you can park it up and leave it there for the next person to pick up. Well, Canberra actually has uh, options as well where you can, um, if you're catching the bus, yet most of our buses now have bike racks I on the front that. as yeah. well. That's, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah, which um, is always something that, that I think bridges that gap between I'd like to go cycling to this trail, but I don't want to cycle to this trail, but I don't want to transport my bus, my bike in my car. So it's like yeah. kind of a natural conclusion. Yeah, and I think it, I think that's very smart on the on the council's part to actually sort of offer those services because yeah, it's sort of it, it's it's encouraging people to get out there and again removing those barriers. And in in terms of removing those barriers, what is the have you gotten what what kind of feedback have you gotten from people from your film nights to me sort of the the, the emotions that i see are, are just that sh- sheer joy and it's like watching people coming out of a candy store They're, they've got the smile on their face and it's just like i was not expecting that that was so much more than what i was exper- expecting and it's that whole level of expectations and just being able to show people just the power that a bike actually has and and what what you can actually do with it and and it's that at the heart of the collections is it's real people and we love to connect with real people and and that's you can relate to them so easily and seeing those stories people going away going i've now got three four ideas that bike touring and bike uh, visiting or making and things like this i did actually have a complaint what and, was that well, in my last year's collection, I had a movie on uh, bike touring in um, Norway. And uh, this lady said, damn you, Brett, I'm going to have to go bike touring in, in Norway now. Oh, damn you, it's going to cost <laughs> a lot of money to get out there. Guess you, you guess you. <laughs> and now it's time for a little bit of music. And I hope you won't mind, but I couldn't resist this song in particular. It is, of course, Bicycle Race by Queen. Bicycle. Bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle. I want to ride it where I like. 
Bicycle Race by Queen. And you're listening to 2XX FM 98.3. The program is Subject ACT, Canberra's local current affairs program where we explore issues from a curious and informed perspective. Today we're speaking with Brett Cotter, who is the curator and founder of Big Bike Film Night. And speaking of that human connection, other than physically submitting a film or attending the night is there any way people can get involved make a film make a film and i've actually got a couple of people back in new zealand who come along to the film nights and gone oh my goodness we need to do a film so i've got a guy who's got a recumbent uh which is a a fascinating bike it's where you're actually lying down and and all the works i've seen those yeah and so he's uh him and a couple of friends have bought some uh, gopros and are sort of actually looking at making a film and but also sort of uh from sort of like the new zealand cycle trials trust after some of them seeing the quality of the uh, just the story in um the old ghost road they're going gee we should be doing one of those for our trusts or our trails so they've motivated now to get out there because this year we've had uh, close to five thousand people 
uh, watch those movies. That's powerful. Uh, that's it's gets um, it's it's a great tool for people to 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 learn about your uh, where what you what you can actually offer. And this is this is completely unrelated to the to what we were just talking about, but something I've always wondered within bike culture is there a, like a a type of bike or a type of, of fashion that you could wear that other bike riders within the culture will just go, oh, what a nerd. Are there, <laughs> like, uncool bikes within bike culture? Oh, there's so many different bike cultures, and I've actually got a fascinating film uh, set over in London, and it's all about the, the bike subcultures. So you've got fixie riders, you've got hipsters, and you've got BMX riders, and you've got so many different elements, and they've all got their own sort of type of... Uh, clothing their look their their type of, yeah 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 and up in Auckland um, when we screened there we actually had uh, this group they call themselves the bike gang and they've got their leather jackets with the big patch on the back like the mongrel mob type of thing but bike gang all totally innocent but it's just you've got to be pretty cool to get into that club so you, you would you ever have a situation where like uh, like a decked out BMX biker would look um, bike rider would look at a at a hipster and be like you're not taking this seriously? Probably, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that the great thing with um, the big bike film night is it's a unifying factor. You've got BMX riders sitting beside unicyclists, beside single spike, beside fixed bikes, beside mountain bikes, beside roadies, and they're all enjoying it. And mm. that's the—that's that community that really brings it together. That really, that sense of the love of cycling, which really sort of sows it. It's—it's it's at the hub of and the core of it. I love how diplomatic you're being. Like you don't want to like single out one <laughs> one group as being like these are the group. Like, I feel like every every group as well has people who are like they take it very very seriously, yeah. and then they're like oh filthy casuals. Oh exactly, and it's funny because uh, yesterday on Facebook um, I did a picture and um, it was. It was a good picture, and people. Someone said, "I don't know if we're hip enough to go to this film festival." And uh, and I just wrote back, "Mate, we're so, we're a refuge. We're a re- we're um a shelter for all bike riders. So don't worry about that." <laughs> and um, speaking as someone who doesn't know how to ride a bike, what uh, advice would you give me and anyone else who's listening for for how to learn or how to how to get into that culture? Yeah, find uh, someone who can help you. Sort of, uh, and that's the thing. Sort of, like a lot of if you've got a brother or a sister or a mum and dad, it's just a wonderful connector to actually have someone there helping you, and it creates a memory as well. Like um, I remember that day when I, my daughter rode her bike for the first time, and it was we were basically target practice. Said, "Come and ride ride over me," and she's like, "Oh, okay," and. And she was, she got it. But after that, it was just, yeah, it's, it's, it's in my memory for now. But um, yeah, take it slow. It's, a, it's one of those things that uh, can take a bit of time to learn how to balance. And but once you've got it, as they say, it's as easy as pie. And I might just finish this off with um, one more question. That is, where would you like to see the future of the festival? Yeah, good question. Very good question. I think to me, at the heart of it is, it's always going to. The, the towns or the regions or the cities and being present and so that really defines what how far and how many places I can go because ultimately sort of uh, I, I would like to be as part of the experience to share that sort of enthusiasm so to me it's it's New Zealand and Australia I did actually have a, an inquiry from Czechoslovakia so <laughs> who knows but um, I hey I'm in them on that mantra uh, 
take it slow and um, build it as it comes. It's yeah, from going from three events to sixteen up to to forty six in, uh, in three years is, is pretty pretty much a snowball effect. But it's it has to be manageable and it has to be authentic and it has to be genuine and those are at the core of it. So I'm not trying to be big giant. It's probably yeah. This is uh, this is little as big um, and that's at the core of it. It's uh, it's always showing just that genuine enthusiasm. So yeah, it'll it'll grow, but at its own sort of um, pace. It's, it's own pace. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's about it. And that concludes our discussion with Brett. Join us each weekday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. on 2XX FM's 98.3 Subject ACT. You can stream us live at 2XXFM.org.au slash listen. Or catch up on all our podcast episodes at soundcloud.com slash subjectact. Or stay in touch via Facebook and Twitter. Community radio needs you. So please support this station by subscribing via 2XXFM.org.au. Stay, ta- stay tuned for more people-powered radio. I'm Carolina. Have a great day.